Let's go, let's go, We are on Tesvav Amr Aleph. We're on 15a. We're learning Lili Nishmas, Imim Rossi Nechabas Chaim Zero. Lili Nishmas, all the Kadoshim of our Achinu Kolbeis Yisro, who we have lost, who have been taken from our midst since October 7th. And we are learning Bizachus Archayalim. They should be victorious very soon in our days to eradicate the evil of Hamas and all of our enemies from our midst. Okay, we're on Tesvav and Aleph Mamash in the beginning of the Amud. We just quoted, or we just learned that Rachav had eight different children, and they were all Nevi'im. Nevi'im, Be'im Kohanim, the Gemara said on Yud Dalad Amid Be'ez. Who were they? Just let's just quickly go through the names. There was Nirya, there was Baruch, there's Surya, Machsia, Yirmiya, Chukia, Hanamel, and Shalom. So the Gemara says, Bishlama Inhu Mifarshe. I understand these that were explained explicitly in the Psukim. Who were they? There are four of these eight. We know for sure that they were Nevi'im. They were Yirmiya, they were Hanamel, they were Surya, and they were Baruch. We knew they were definitely in a VM. However, Ella Abahasaihu Minalan, but their fathers, where do we know that they might have been Navim as well, those other four? So Gemara says it's Kadula. It's like the opinion of Ula Da Amar Ula as Ula said, Kolmakom, Shishemo, Vishem Aviv Binavius. Whenever you have a Navua where it mentions the Navi's name and his father's name, so and so, Ben so and so. Then ben Navi. Then you know that this person, the Navi, is the son of a Navi as well. However, Shemovalo Shem Aviv. But if you have a Navi's name without his father's name that uh, accompanies it, Navi Ben Navi. Then you know that he is a Navi, but he's not the son of a Navi. So regarding these four and the eight and the list of eight. They were all the fathers of these Nevi'im, and therefore, since they're mentioned with their son, when the son was viewed as the Navi, we learn as well that they were Nevi'im as well. Another teaching when it comes to Nevi'im, Shemo v'shem Iro, if you have an, the name of a Navi and the name of his city, Mefurash Biadua, sorry, Shemo v'shem Iro Mefurash, if you have the, his name and then the name of his city is explicitly said with his name, then it's known that that Navi is from that particular city. However, but if it says his name, but it doesn't say the name of his city, then then it's known that that Navi is from Yerushalayim. It was taught in stumin. Whenever you have the actions of this of an individual and the actions of his father is stumin, it's kind of like hidden, it's not explicit, it's not expressed. However, then and then the verse itself specifies regarding one of them, if it's for praise. Kagon, for example, this is from Tsefania, Parakalf, Pasakalf, it says, Devar Hashem, Ashir Haya El Tsefania, Ben Kushi, Ben Gedalia. So it says, Tsefania, the Navi, the son of Kushi, the son of Gedalia. So since it says the names, and it's also a praise because it's showing that Akash Baruch was speaking to this prophet, then you know that this individual is a righteous person, the son of a tzaddik. However, but whenever a verse specifies something that's degrading towards this person, 
Kigon, for example, in Yermia, Perak Mem Aleph, Pasuk Aleph. It says, right, It says that it was on the seventh month that he became Yishmael, the son of Netanya, the son of Elishama. And who was Yishmael? He was the one who murdered Gedalia, who ben Achikam. Right? That's what we have, the Tzom Gedalia, really the last fast that was instituted. So when he says it, in something degrading such as this pasuk, then you kind of know If it's going to mention the father's name, then you know that this is a Russia and he's also the son of a Russia. Okay. Amar of Nachman, Rav Nachman said, Malachi, the Navi Malachi, he says, Ze, Ze Mordechai. Malachi was Mordechai. Malachi. So then why did we call his name Malachi? Shehaya Mishnah Lamelech, because Mordechai ended up being second to the king, Malachi from like Melech, okay, he was a second to the king. However, Mesida, we have a question on Rav Nachman from this price where it says Baruch ben Nuria, Visaria ben Masaya, Masya, Vidaniel, U Mordechai, Bilshan, Vichagai, Zechaya, U Malachi, Kula Nisnavnu, Bishnas Shtayim, Ludaryavish. This entire list of Nevi'im, they all prophesy the second year of Daryavesh. And what's the list? You have a Mordechai and you have a Malachi. So there's no way that Mordechai can be Malachi. The list has them as two separate people. So Tiyuvta, it's a, definitely a challenge on Rav Nachman's statement. Seems like we cannot explain Mordechai to being Malachi. Tanya was taught in Abraisa. Amar Rabbi Yeshua ben Karcha. Rabbi Yeshua ben Karcha says, Malachi is Ezra. Rabbi Yeshua ben Karcha says, Malachi, he's Ezra. Malachi is his own name, meaning he's his own person. Amar of Nachman. So Rav Nachman says, now it's interesting, Rav Nachman was the one who said Malachi was Mordechai. But now Rav Nachman saying, It makes sense to the one who said that Malachi is none other than Ezra. Right? Ezra was the one who Mamish led the people after the Golas Bavel brought us back to Eretz Yisrael. We instituted Torah and mitzvos within Klal Yisrael at that time when we were at a state where we didn't know much. He brought it back to us. So Rav Nachman saying it makes sense according to the opinion that says Malachi was Ezra. Dechsev as it writes, Benevius Malachi. In the prophecies of Malachi, it says in Malachi, Parak Be'ez, Pasuk Yud Aleph, it says, Bagda Yehuda B'to'evan Es'sabi Yisrael Yerushalayim. There was treachery within Judah, within Yehuda. There was an abomination that was done by Yisrael and Yerushalayim. Why? Because um, Yehuda defamed the Kodesh Hashem, the sanctity of Hashem, which which he loved. And they married a daughter of a strange god. Clearly inferring that there was intermarriage happening and Jews were marrying non-Jews. Uman Afrish Nashim Nachrios, and who was the one? So that was that was an Ibu Malachi. Now the Gemara asks, who was the one who orchestrated the separation of Jews from marrying non-Jews? So Ezra, it was none other than Ezra. This is an Ezra. Parak Yud Pasuk Bays talks all about how Ezra made sure that all the people that intermarried to non-Jews that they left they left their non-Jewish wives to recommit themselves to a Kodesh Baruch Hu. Dichsiv as it writes. Is it Ezra Yud Pasuk Beis Vayan Shachanya Ben Yechiel Mibnei Elam 
It was Shechania, the son of Yechiel, from the sons of Elam. By Yomer Ezra, he said to Ezra, Anachnu ma'alinu be'elohinu v'noishav noshim nachrios. He said, we have, in a way, we have uh, rejected our God, and we've married women who are strangers, non-Jews. So you see this, this uh, similarity of addressing the the problem of intermarriage and um, and making sure that Jews once again come back to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Now the truth is, you could say, wait a second, why does that mean they're the same person? Wouldn't this always be the incentive of a leader of Klal Yisrael to get rid of the intermarriage that took place? But they're saying here, of Nachman saying, no, there's a similarity. You see that, that, that Ezra and Malachi, same person because they were at the forefront of bringing Jews back to Kaddish Baruch Hu and making sure that every Jew that had this Avodah uh, Zarah, um, this foreign relationship that would only take them away from Hashem, they were on to bring them back to Hashem to separate those that were intermarried. Okay. Tonu Rabbanon, the rabbis taught. There were four women who were the most beautiful in the world. Who were they? Sarah, Vavigail, Racha, Esther. There were Sarah, Vigal, Rachav, and Esther. Ulamanda, Amar, Esther, Yirak, Rakos, Haisa. And to the one who says that Esther was green, she was had a horrible complexion, and it was only through like a miracle that all all she gained grace in the eyes of everyone. So according to that, Manda, Amar, Haisa, Mapik, Esther, Mael, Vashti. You would have to take away Esther from this list and put in in her place Vashti. Okay, so Tana Rabbana. So now let's kind of go through what exactly did the beauty of these women have an impact on people? So Rachav Bishma Zinta. So Rachav, her name alone was like Zinta. It like led to promiscuity. I mean, people became aroused just by hearing her name. Yael Bikola. Yael, her voice was so beautiful that it also enticed people, enticed men. Avigail Bezechirasa. Avigail, if you just mention her, now it sounds like the same thing as Rachav. Rachav, her name alone did the trick to, to entice people. It, not that they wanted to do that. It just this was their beauty kind of brought to the forefront to people when they heard about her or when they thought about her. So Abigail as well. When you remembered Abigail, it became this. Uh, her beauty had an impact on 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 men. And then Michal bat Shaul Briasa and Michal, the son, the the daughter of Shaul. Her appearance, her beauty and appearance was was overwhelming. So I'm a Rabbi Yitzchak. So Rabbi Yitzchak says, Kola Omer Rachav Rachav Miyad Nikri. He said that anyone who would say, if you would hear Rachav Rachav, right, be, uh, immediately they would have a seminal mission. They would be they would be aroused to a certain point. And then Amar Le Rav Nachman, so Rav Nachman says, Ana Amina Rachav Rachav Alo Ichpasli. He says, Wait, I'm better than what Rav Yitzchak just said. I don't succumb to such immature behavior, because he said, I, when I, when I hear Rachav, Rachav, not, I don't care at all, nothing happens to me. So Amr Lay, so Rav Yitzchak says back to Rav Nachman, Ki Kamina, when did I say that about Rachav? It's when you knew about her and you recognized her. So it sounds like in the time of Rachav, this is what would happen. But after this, if you don't know who she is, you're not going to, you're not going to, her name's not going to have any impact on you. Okay. Let's continue. Now we're going to Parak Dalad, Pasuk Aleph in Megillus Esther. We're going to continue to expound upon the Psukim. And Mordechai understood. He knew all that was happening, all that happened. So my Amar, what exactly is going on here? What was he saying? 
What does he know? So Rav Rav says, Mordechai understood, and you know, and he draped in sackcloth, and he was mourning because he saw that Haman was now greater than Achashverosh. Meaning Achashverosh never had such an intent to really destroy all of Klal Yisrael. And now Mordechai sees that Haman was so wicked, on such a higher level of wickedness, he wanted to destroy all of Am Yisrael. And then Shmuel Amar Shmuel says, Gavar Malka Ila'a Me Malka Tata. So in a way, Shmuel says, the Malka above overpowered the Melech down below. But really, it's a euphemism. It's the exact opposite. What Mordechai was saying was, in such a sad state, that the, the king down below, that being Achshverosh and Haman, they're overpowering the king above because they're making this decree. This is kind of like, once again, in the beginning of the story of now where everything is going to turn into the favor of Kaisral based on the tshuva. So now what happens was Mordechai ends up telling Esther what happened. And then the next Pasuk says, Perek Dalad of Pasuk Dalad, Vatis Chalchal Hamalka. That what happened in the cavity of the body, it kind of was shaking in the in the queen. Esther was this tischalchal. So what does that mean? My betischalchal. It's a very rare word. What does this mean? So Amarav Rab says, based on the fear that she had, Shapirsa Nida, that she at that moment started to have her, uh, her, her, her started to bleed, the menstrual bleeding, because of the fear that she had based on what she was hearing about the decree against Am Yisrael. Rabbi Yermia Amar. Rabbi Yermia says, meaning her body with her cavity started to shake within. She had to go to the bathroom, but based on the fear of what she heard. And then what happens next? So now you have this whole back and forth in the Megillah between Mordechai and Esther as to what should Esther do. Mordechai is informing her of what the decree is. So this is that Esther called out to Hatach, who was her attendant. So Amar Rav, Hatach Zed Daniel. So Rav says, Hatach, this is none other than Daniel. Wow. Right? So Daniel was the attendant of Esther, was the go-between between Esther and Mordechai. The Lama Nikra Shema Hatach. So why isn't he called Daniel? Why is he called Hatach? One interpretation is, Shehatchuhu Migdulaso, because Daniel was... Uh, cut down from his greatness, meaning at the time of Belshazzar and Nebuchadnezzar, specifically Belshazzar, the king of Bavel, Daniel had a, a very high level within the government. He was it says that he was he had like a third of the country, and then for some reason at the time of uh, Achashverosh, which is a new country and a new king, so he was cut down from his role of being on such a high level in the government, and now he was just like an advisor or an attendant. So, however, Shmuel says a little different. He says, This is very different. It says that all the words of the Malchus were decided through Daniel's mouth, meaning he was still a major advisor to the king, and he didn't get cut down from his greatness. And it's just Hatach means that he was uh, that all decisions were kind of made through his uh, his advice. Okay. And then what was it? So Esther sends Hatach to find out Ladas Mazeh the Al to know regarding this and regarding this. Wants to know more details as to what to do. This is Parak Dalad Pasake as well. So I'm a Rabbi Yitzchak. Rabbi Yitzchak says, What do we understand from this verse of Ladas Mazeh Al So Shalcha Lo. So Esther wanted to send to him to Mordechai Shema Avru Yisrael Al Chamishachum Torah. Is it possible that this decree was made because maybe Yisrael, they violated the entire five books of the Torah? 
writes in the Torah and Shemos Lamed Beis Pasuk Tesavav. It says From this and this they were written. Talking about the luchos, I was written on both sides. Right, you could see from both sides of the luchos the writing. So, and that's the Torah, right? So, is, is as you're saying, is it al das mazel mazel? That the thing that was said such as the luchos, is it that they're not following the Torah? Wow. And then the next pasuk it says in Parak Dal, this is actually pasuk Yud Beis. It says, Esther," and they told Mordechai the words of Esther. So now, the Gemara recognizes it understands that they told Mordechai ve'ilu ve'ilu ihu lo azlagabe, but him, that being Hatach, who was the go-between until this point, he didn't go to her. He didn't tell Esther what Mordechai just said. And Mordechai really just relayed to Esther what the news was about um, the plan against Am Yisrael. So Mikan, actually, it's actually it's it's sorry, it's um yes, it's it's that Vayagidu Mordechai Esther Esther. It's not no, sorry. So Esther already knew about the plan, but Esther now is telling Mordechai that she doesn't feel comfortable going to Achashverosh. She thinks she might be killed. Now, when Hatach was told by Esther to tell Mordechai that she doesn't want to go to Achashverosh, Hatach decides to not be the one to relay this message. Rather, it was done by somebody else to tell Mordechai that Esther was not willing to go to Achashverosh. So therefore, Mikan, from here we learn, She'en mashivin al ha-kalkala, that you're not supposed to return bad news, kalkala, destruction, bad news. That's why Hatach did not want to go back to Mordechai and tell him what Esther said. Therefore, Esther needed somebody else to do the mission and to be the messenger. And then, of course, what happens next? Of course, Mordechai responds and says, you know, if you don't do this now, you lost your opportunity to save Am Yisrael. And it will come from somewhere else, but you will not have, you have lost your opportunity. So therefore, Esther agrees. And therefore, she says to Mordechai, Lech kenosis kol ha-Yehudim v'gomer ad asher lo kadas. So Esther tells Mordechai, is in Perak Dalad, Pasuk Tesayin, go and gather all of the Jews. And as well, she says, asher lo kadas, I'm going to be going into the king lo kadas, not like the rule, meaning the king has not called upon me, Achashverosh hasn't called upon me, but I will go anyways. Now, the Gemara expounds, Amar Rabbi Abba, so Rabbi Abba says, what does Shalok Kadas really mean? It doesn't mean that Shalok Kadas, not like the understanding or the um, awareness of the king, that the king didn't call her, but rather, Haya Shebechol Yom Vayom, it's really Shalok Kadas, it's against the law of the Torah. That's what she's saying. I'm going to go in now to Achashverosh, and it's really against the law of the Torah. Why? But I'm going to do it anyways. Why though? Why is it against the law of the Torah? Shalok Kedas, it's not like Kedas. Now, Das also means like the law, the law of the Torah we're saying here. So, Because Esther acknowledges, until this point, every single day when I was with Achashverosh, it was Be'ones, it was, it was under duress. I did not have relations with him and intimate with him willingly. It was all under duress. Sadly, now what I'm doing is I'm going with my will. I'm going to Achashverosh with my own volition. I'm. It's my will. It's not against my will. And the thing is, and when it comes to the Torah, if you do something, if, if something is unto you, Be'ones, if a woman is violated Be'ones, then she's not prohibited to her husband. But now, if you do a Baratzon, then you are um, going to be prohibited to your husband. And therefore, she says next, And like I have been lost, I will be lost. I have been lost. But just like I have been lost from the house of my father, 
meaning as we learned, learned earlier, right? Her parents passed away. She was lost from having parents. So, she says, sadly, I'm also going to be lost from you, Mordechai. We will not be able to be together. We will not be able to be married anymore after this point. And then what happens next? So Mordechai responds, this is in Parakdal, Pasuk Yud Zayin. Mordechai responds, you know, he gathers all the Jews together. And we expound by over Mordechai, Amar Rav. So Rav says, Shavir Yom Rishon Shal Pesach Batainis. He actually violated the first day of Pesach to a fast day. That he uh, gathered Am Yisrael to fast on the first day of Pesach on the 15th of Nisan. And Rashi does explain, like the three days of the fasting is the um, 14th, 15th, and 16th. And they fasted on the 16th. Or on the 16th, that's when Haman was hung. So it's a little unclear, actually. It definitely needs more tzarech Ian. I was always under the understanding that, you know, all this happened on Adar, like Adar Yudal Adar, Tesvav Adar. Haman was, uh, was hanged at that point. But here it sounds like, no, all the fasting actually took place in Nisan, the 11 months before the decree was supposed to be made, or it was supposed to be uh, followed through to destroy the Jews. So this is in the month of Nisan. They fasted on the first day of Pesach and then the next day as well. So that was one thing, that he, he in a way violated, he passed over, he violated the mitzvah of you know eating on Pesach because he said everyone should fast. Shmuel says, Shmuel says that Mordechai, he actually went to the other side of the stream to get the Jews on the other side of the river to also understand what was going on and to bring them together so that they would fast with everyone else. Okay. Then we have in Perik Hey Pasuk Aleph, it says, Matilbash Esther Malchus. And it was on the third day, right? This Esther is going into Achashverosh, and she she um, was dressed with Malchus, with royalty. So big day Malchus me by Do you have to tell me that she was dressed dressed in royalty? We just we just actually saw this on your Dalanama base. When we were talking about how Esther was a Nivia. But okay, we'll go through the Gemara again, right? You have to tell me that she was dressed in Malchus. Amar Rabbi Lazar, Amar Rabbi Chanina. So Rabbi Lazar says in Rabbi Chanina, Melamitsha Lavashta Ruach HaKodesh. So it teaches us that she was draped with divine spirit, with Ruach HaKodesh. Ksiv Hacha writes here by Tilbash, by that Esther was 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 uh was clothed. Uchsiv Hasam and writes over there in Divrayamim. Uh, Aleph, Parakid based Pasakid test, Veruach Lavshas Amosai, that the spirit dressed Amosai. So we see that the idea of Lavash, Tilbash, is dressed with what? Not just with clothing, but rather with Ruach HaKodesh. Now the Gemara is going to go through a bunch of other teachings of the Amar Rabbi Lazar, Amar Rabbi Chanina, right? Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Chanina, we're going to learn a few things more about what he taught. He said, The truth is, it should never be that the blessing of just a normal person should be Kalabeinacha, should be light in your eyes. Why? Shahari Because there were two leaders of generations that were blessed by regular hediot, regular mere people. And the bracha was established to them. And these are they. David and Daniel. David and Daniel, the two great leaders, they were blessed by hediot. David David was blessed by Arona. As it writes in Shmuel Bet, said to the king and blessed the king and, and her blessing and his blessing came true. And then Daniel, so Daniel was blessed by Dayavesh, the king, but in regards to uh, Jewish standards, he's just a head As it writes in Daniel, looks like Pasuk Yud Zion, it writes, 
Elohecha dai ant palachle, batadira hu yashiz vincha. This is in Aramaic. It says, your God that you serve, uh, you continue to be serving him. He will... He will continue to save you. And yes, he did. He continued to save you. So that was the brachos that both David and Daniel got, and they came to fruition. Next teaching, on the flip side, so he says, The curse of a regular person also shouldn't be taken lightly in your eyes. Because Avimelech, Melech Plishtim, he cursed Sarah after you know, he abducted her, but he wasn't able to do anything to her. Hashem saved her. And he says, it will be to you as a covering of the eyes. That's in Bereshis, Parachav, Pasuk, Tes, Zayid. So, right? So, he says, it will be to you the covering of the eyes. Okay. And then what happened, sadly, when his kind bizarre, and then it, it came to be through her own children, as it says in Bereshis, Chav, Zayin, Pasuk, Aleph. It says, And Yitzchak became older, and yes, his eyes became, he became blind. His eyes became very weak. So you see how even it doesn't even seem like Abimelech meant to really curse her, but based on the words that he said, it it actually came to fruition through Yitzchak. And let's just do one more teaching of Amar Abiyazah, Amar Abichanina. Abiyazah says the name of Abichanina. The one should come and see that the traits of a Baruch are not like that of Basar Dam. Midas Basar Dam. So the traits of mere uh, human being. So first a person places the pot on the fire, and then you put water inside the pot. But HaKadosh Baruch first puts the water there, and then only afterwards he puts the pot there as well, as if like the water is hovering. To establish that which is said in your Parak Yod, Pasuk, Yod, Gimel, That's to the sound that uh, this is a, his giving to the, the multitude of water in the heavens, as if to say that the water was first placed there, and then only afterwards was were the clouds there, were the clouds placed there, like the water was just hovering there. Okay, we'll stop here, and we'll learn more about what Rabbi Elzebar and Rabbi Hanani ta- taught us, but we'll stop here. Yashir Koach.